Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 70th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. And today I'm going to be going over two hands from the 2015 World Series of Poker main event final table. Whenever the World Series of Poker main event is shown on ESPN with whole cards, it is a very good learning opportunity. And if you are trying to get better at poker, I definitely suggest you watch it and try to learn from the players at the table. Or from this episode, we're going to learn things not to do at the table. So looking around this table, I believe the player in the small blind had just busted, but I had to put it in there for the replayer. Max Steinberg has 20,000 chips at 250,500. Actually, I cut off the last three zeros from all these numbers. So instead of it being 250,000, 500,000 with 19 million stacks, uh, my brain works much better if I just cut off the last three zeros and it's 250,500. So that's how I suggest you do it if you have a brain like mine. So looking around this table, Steinberg has 40 big blinds, which is a nice stack. However, notice that Canuli and Buderoni both have relatively short stacks, especially Buderoni. So when this is the case, Steinberg really does not want to go broke next. So for that reason, he wants to not play big pots. His problem is that he has McKeon on his left. And McKeon is a very loose, aggressive player from what we knew going into the final table and from watching the final table it became very clear very quickly that he was going to try to push everyone around and he did it well so with pocket eights i think this is actually a good spot to limp and i know that may sound a little bit crazy to most of you seeing how i'm typically advocating raising all of your playable hands but whenever you expect to get re-raised a lot of the time as steinberg should expect to get re-raised because he can't really fight back versus mckeon if he um, makes it say two big blinds and mckeon makes it six big blinds. Steinberg doesn't really want to jam given Buderoni so short because McKeon's going to play perfectly. And if he does get re-raised, he can't really justify calling to set mine. So you want to avoid that spot. So the way to avoid that spot is to either fold, which you certainly don't want to do with pocket eights. You can limp, which will allow you to limp, perhaps get raised by McKeon, then call and see a flop and then play from there. Or you could raise bigger, but I'm not really a big fan of raising bigger either. You can make it something like three big blinds. That will hopefully make McKeon play more straightforward. But you never know. It may just induce him to play crazy. There are a few downsides to limping, and that is that if you limp, perhaps Canuli will no longer shove a hand that he would have shoved, like ace four. So that's, that is a downside. Also, Buderoni may get to see a free flop with a lot of hands that he may not have called a raise with, like jack four, for example. That'll allow him to get a pair and then get off the hook. So there are some downsides to limping, but I think in this scenario, given these chip stacks, whenever you're the middle stack and there's an aggressive big stack on your left with a few very short stacks, you really do want to not play big pots. So let's see what happens. Steinberg does raise. He picks 2.5 big blinds. McKeon re-raises as expected. And then Steinberg just folds his pocket eights. And... Really, once you make it 1,200 and McKeon makes it 2,800, I think you should probably go all in. I know that may sound a little bit crazy, but I don't think you have many other good options. And that is what limping will allow you to avoid this really nasty spot. And if you can see these spots coming before they happen, it's going to work out really well for you. I actually talked about this situation a lot in my final table chapter of Excelling and No Limit Hold'em. You can get that at hold'embook.com if you have not already. And I discussed what you should be doing when you are the middle stack. And 
the answer is not raising and then folding with good hands. So fast forward to hand 76 of the final table, and we have a very similar situation. Uh, Blumenfield is in the big blind this time, and he is also fairly active. Certainly not crazy like McKeon's been crazy, but he is active enough. So Steinberg makes it, is this three big blinds? Uh, 2.5 big blinds again with ace-jack offsuit. And then Blumenfield, again, applies pressure. Let's go back and look at the starting sacks. Notice here Beckley is very short this time, and Steinberg has the same middle stack, right? And whenever you are in this situation, again, you don't want to play big pots. So the way you avoid this is by simply limping. You limp, and then you guarantee you get to see a flop in position versus likely either weak ranges or loose players. So this is a spot where I think that Steinberg should be limping, even with a hand as strong as ace-jack. It's not good enough to get it all in. That's what it amounts to. That these hands are not good enough to get all in. So they're also not quite good enough to call a pre-flop raise, even in position. I, I think I would probably call on the spot if I happen to raise it, because ace-jack is great. I mean, kind of like pocket eights is great. This is an even better situation because you're in position against a loose player from the blinds, whereas earlier you were raising from kind of middle position with pocket eights versus a button raiser, who is crazy, but you know, still a spot where I think your hand is too good to fold. But this is another example of a situation where if you limp, maybe Blumenfield raises his ace 4 to 2,400, probably 2.4 million in the actual game, and you can then call and take a flop. And that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with seeing a flop in position with a hand like this. It's often going to be somewhat disguised. So I think this is an adjustment that Steinberg should have seen coming, given his seat at the table. I actually talked about this in a preview to my World Series of Poker final table review, where I said that I thought that Steinberg should definitely be aware that he had aggressive players on his left and adjust accordingly. So in this World Series of Poker final table review for the 2015 final table, I actually go through all of the hands that I thought were educational or either great plays or horrible plays that I watched as I went through all of the hands. And the webinar series, which you can get at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash WSOP final table 2015, is going to be me going through hands like this and pointing out things that players should have been doing to better take advantage of their opponents. And there were a lot of situations where I think players made fairly large errors, a lot of them having to do with just not understanding payout implications and individual chip model situations. And I'm going to be using a few analytical tools to show you how these players should be adjusting to the various, the varying payout structures. And I actually learned a few things going through as well. Like, for example, a player busted on the second hand of the tournament where McKeon, the aggressive guy, jammed 15 big blinds into two 15 big blind stacks from the small blind. And uh, the small blind called with king-queen. And I actually thought that was a fairly close spot. But looking back at it and the payouts, which is ver a very important consideration, the king-queen's actually a fairly easy call. But had the payout structure been different, it could have actually been a fairly easy fold. So whenever these players do have a break in between the final table and you know day seven or whatever they really should be studying up studying up on this stuff and i imagine most of them did if they were trying to maximize their expectation at the final table of the main event which hopefully they were because they have one shot at this and they better get it right so anyway if you want to see all of the hands that i go through for this final table there are a lot of them go to jonathanlittlepoker.com slash wsop final table 2015 that's all lowercase 2015 
and check it out. Let me know what you think, and I will be back next week.